This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Something new, that we taste something fresh. The Bible says the Lord's mercies are new every morning. The Lord wants there to be a freshness, a freshness, a power, something new to our relationship. And, and oftentimes as Christians, we find things that are they're, they're, they're stale, they're, they're routine, they may feel monotonous. And what we're praying for and trusting God is that the Spirit of God does something new and fresh and alive in us spiritually. Psalm 63 is where we're going to be. Let me just say this. The most important thing that any Christian can do is daily spend time reading God's Word and in prayer. I just want to say it again because that's a big boast there, isn't it? Like I just said the most important thing. Like don't miss that. This isn't just preacher talk. This is like I'm your friend and I'm like... It, like from my heart, I'm speaking to your heart this morning, and I don't want you to miss it. I, I don't want this just to be preacher talk. I don't want your spiritual ears this morning to feel like Charlie Brown's teacher's voice. You ever feel that way when the preacher gets going, you know? I'd be honest, you know? It's like you're thinking about whatever's going on, you know, later today, and it's just like, wah, 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 just more just more preacher talk. Don't miss this. The most important thing that any Christian can do is daily open up the sacred scriptures and let the living God speak to you. And you speak to him in prayer. It's that simple, but it's tremendously difficult for us prideful people because we're so determined to do things on our own. <laughs> It's that stubborn spirit of individualism that we want to do things on our, on our own, and that just flows from a sin of pride. The good news is we can all repent of our pride today. Every one of us can step out of our pride, out of our stubborn independence. Every single one of us can say to God, God, I need you. I need you today. I need you today. I'm titling the sermon this morning, um, uh, Hoops, Ships, and God. And I think you'll see as we move through the sermon why the title, Psalm 63, Hoops, Ships, and God. You know, what we're talking about, spending time with God, this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus left the glory of heaven and came and was born as a baby and lived this amazing, perfect life and taught people and healed people and then went to the cross. Our sin broke our relationship with God. Our sin spoiled our relationship with God. Our, our sin separated us from the God that we were made to be in a relationship with, and Jesus came to deal with our sin. Jesus came to die for our sin and to reconcile us back to God through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection from the dead. So he paid for our sins on the cross. He rose victoriously over the grave over our sin, over Satan, over our shame, so that we could come to God. He, he removed our sin that separated us from God so that we could be reconciled to this God that knows us and loves us and made us. So let me just ask you a question this morning. If you've never turned to God, trusting in Jesus, why wouldn't you do that today? 
Why wouldn't you do that today? Why wouldn't you be reconciled to the God that made you? I know you, don't have, you may not have all the, the answers. That's okay. All you need is the one answer to know he loves you and he died for you and he rose from the dead to reconcile you into this relationship with God. And like any relationship, it's not like a one-time hello. It's a, like a daily, how you doing, hello, oh my goodness, I'm in a relationship with the living God. Jesus made the way for us to be in a relationship with God. And this morning from Psalm 63, we're going to ask three questions about seeking God. So I want you to follow along as I read Psalm 63. We'll just read the whole chapter. Look at this with me. Psalm 63, I hope you found your way there. David, the psalmist, wrote, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Is in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray, speak to us. Speak to us clearly, personally, powerfully through your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to look at three questions about seeking God. And the first one is, am I seeking God earnestly, casually, or not at all? Am I seeking God earnestly, casually, or not at all? I want you to look back at verse 1 with me. Would you do that? Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh, God, you are my God. I just want to pause there because that's a loaded statement there. A lot of times we want to say, oh, God, you are my comfort, but not my God. Oh, God, you are my helper, but not my God. Oh, God, you are my provider, but not my God. To say to God that he's your God means you love him more than you love anything else. So, so often when we say, God, you are our God, we're just lying. Because <laughs> we're like, no, God, you're a part of my life, but these are my idols that I love more. So today is a new opportunity for us to humbly say, no, God, you are my God. And I'm going to leave these idols behind. Lord, I'm going, to, I'm going to shift my affection and my love, and I'm going to love you most because of what Jesus did for me. Oh, Lord, because of who you are. Oh, God, you are my God. Look at this next phrase. Earnestly I seek you. Earnestly. Earnestly I seek you. What does it mean to earnestly seek God? It means to seek him with a sincere and intense conviction. So the question is, is do I seek God casually, earnestly, with sincere 
intense conviction or not at all? That's a question I want you to ask yourself. Just take an inventory. Do, am I seeking God daily, earnestly? Or is it just casual? Or is it not at all? Have I just ignored God? Have I just set him on the back burner? We were at camp years ago, and we were having a water balloon fight, because that's what you do at camp, right? You know? And somewhere along the way, one girl throws a water balloon, and I think, I think it was a promise ring. I don't think it was an engagement ring. I think it was like one of those promise rings. Something, some ring that was precious to her goes flying off her hand in the middle of the night. And it was like, oh, no, <laughs> where is the ring? And, you know, camp's pretty fun. you got a schedule. you got a lanyard. It's got the schedule on it, you know. But in that moment, the schedule stopped. And everybody lined up like on the field, got a flashlight, and we just began to comb the field. We were earnestly looking for that ring. Everything else important stopped. Everything else that we could have been doing stopped. And we got every resource and every tool we needed to find the ring, and we began to look, bring the flashlights, bring the people, stop everything else. We're the attitude of our heart was, we must find that ring. That's what it means to earnestly seek God. I must meet with him. I must hear from him. I must delight in him. I must encounter him. I must spend time with him. That's what it means to earnestly seek God. The, the cry of your heart is a must, not optional. <laughs> I must, I must spend time with God. So are you earnestly, casually, or, or not at all? Um, you guys ever tried to register for Hilldale Hoops? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hilldale Hoops is ran by one of our sister churches, Hilldale Baptist Church over at the Family Life Center. It's amazing. Friday night, hundreds, if not thousands of people come in there, you know, they're blowing the whistle and firing up the technical fouls and kids are running around and, you know, all the, all the things, right? Have you ever been a part of it? How many of you have ever attended a Hilldale Hoops game? Let me just by show of hands, you guys know what I'm talking about. How many of you ever tried to register for Hilldale Hoops? In like in about six minutes, in about six minutes, it's full. I don't even know how the website like holds the registrations. Like you, you get on and it, you're like you're hitting refresh, refresh, refresh at the time that registration starts. Refresh, refresh, refresh. It's on and you register and it's full. <laughs> and that was our experience this year. Like we're trying to register, you know, and like we're on, we're watching the clock, like, refresh, refresh, refresh. It, it's full. It's just, it's just full. Why? Because thousands of people in our town wanted their kid to play Hilldale Hoops. They wanted it so bad that they were watching the clock, hitting refresh, ready to quickly register their kid. Wouldn't it be amazing if our whole church wanted the presence of God like our community wants Hilldale Hoops? Wouldn't it be amazing if we set our clocks for an appointment with the Lord Jesus and we didn't let anything get in the way of our time with him and we were so determined that we were dialed in and we weren't late but we were at his feet with the word open, ready because we, we just felt we can't miss this. We just can't miss it. Listen, 
for the Christians and for the church that longs for the presence of God in this way, they will enjoy deep rewards. David said, my soul will be satisfied with rich food. He's using these imageries to try to communicate spiritual realities to say those that long for the presence of God will enjoy the presence of God. There's a number of ways you can earnestly seek God, but it starts with daily time with Him. It it starts with consistency with Him. We've got a handful of spots left on our men's retreat coming up next weekend. That's one of the ways you can earnestly seek God. I mean, we earnestly seek God by going on hunting trips and giving a whole weekend to earnestly seek deer or, or, or duck or I don't know. You guys know I don't know. We set a tea time because we're earnestly seeking a good score and, and we give four hours because it's important to us. And Men, I invite you. Get along with God. Set a tea time with the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Come on the men's retreat. Go on a walk in Rotary Park with your Bible, with your phone off. Oh, get alone with God and earnestly seek Him. (laughs) You'll be blown away by what you discover. You'll be blown away by what you discover. So, am I seeking God earnestly, casually, or not at all? And the second question is, am I seeking God because I want God or I want what God gives. It's a big difference, you know that. Do you want God or you just want what God gives? God, I want you or God, I just want that job. God, I, God, I, want, I, I want you or I, I just want that, that, that boyfriend or that girlfriend. Look, look, at, look at what David says, Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. Do you see it? Would you look at the text with me? My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. Verse 5, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Look at verse 8. My soul clings to you. Every one of God's gifts are a mere shadow of God himself. Every one of God's good gifts are our family. The good gifts, I'm not even talking about sin. I'm talking about the good gifts that God puts in our life of family and friends and our home and, and a vacation. And well, you just fill in the blank on what one of God's good gifts to you. It's just a mere echo of the beauty of Himself. Imagine, imagine getting ready to go on a vacation to Disney World and taking a kid that's never been. He's never seen videos. He's never seen pictures. He's only heard you talk about how wonderful it is. Can you imagine this? Some of you, you've had this experience. Imagine the months leading up to it. We're just talking about it. Kids getting so fired up. You drive down to Orlando, and you get in the bus from the hotel to go to Disney. 
and the kid's on his knees in the seat looking out the window, and he keeps looking at you with a big smile on his face, you know, big smile on your face, smile on your face. And you pull up, and they come over the announcement. All right, please exit to your left, you know, whatever. And the kid comes up and wraps his arms around you and says, thank you so much for bringing me to Disney. Imagine the kid just thought he had just experienced Disney. The bus ride over. The bus ride to the park. Listen, when we long for what God gives us rather than himself, it's just like the bus ride to Disney. Can you imagine just stopping with the bus ride? Saying, thank you. That was awesome. That was such a great bus ride. That was, I just, like, it was so cool what we saw on the ride over here, and these seats were so great, you know, and there were a lot of other people on this bus, and this was such a, this Disney bus, mom, dad, thanks for bringing me to this Disney bus ride. And yet, that's how so many of us treat God. Some of us, we just don't know that the doors to the park are wide open. And God himself, an actual relationship with knowing God personally, is like Disney. And all the gifts that he gives, the friends and the family, and it's, it's just like a gift that God gives. Every one of God's gifts that he gives us, every one of the gifts that he gives us is intended to point our hearts up to him. It's just a reflection of his goodness. So... Am I seeking God because I want God or what God gives? Do I want God to give me the job and the promotion and the health and the boyfriend or girlfriend, the spouse, the kid, the house, the friend group? Is that all I want from God or do I want him? Do I love him? Am I only spending time with him to get what he might give me? Or do I realize he's already given me the greatest thing that he could give me, a relationship with himself? That's why the psalmist in Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that, that he is good. The context of this psalm really enforces this, this idea. Did you, did you see it when we read through it? David describes two things in the context of this psalm. The first thing that he, he describes is, is that he's in a barren land. He's in a desert land where, where there's no water. He, he's in a desert place, no water, and what does he ask for in his prayer? He doesn't ask for water. He asks for God. Did, did you see the rest of the context? He's running for his life. Like, like, we don't know if it's Saul or Absalom or some other situation altogether. It's not, it's not immediately clear in the text, like, who he's running from. But did you see this? Look at verse 9. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. He's describing a situation where he's running for his life. And what does he ask for in his prayer? Wildly, it's not protection. <laughs> he asks for God. He wants God. He doesn't want water. He doesn't want protection. He wants God. What about you? What about me? Do we actually want God? Or is he just like the giant spiritual vending machine? Do we just come up and we punch around on hoping that we get what we want that's so less than 
Am I earnestly seeking God casually or not at all? Am I, am I seeking God because I want God or what God, what God gives? And then lastly, am I seeking God with resolve or with reservation? With resolve or reservation? I want you to see the psalmist's resolve in the text. Look at it with me. We'll pick it up in verse 3. He says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. You see that? Will? Circle that will. Just underline it. If you write in your Bible, like highlight it. Capture that. But read on. Verse 4. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Look down at verse 7. For you've been my help and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for Joy, do you hear the resolve? What's the language of reservation? If, if David was a little reserved in his seeking of God, what might he say? He, he might say, I, I, might, I might sing to the Lord. I, I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope to sing to the Lord. It's, it's likely, probably, maybe, there's a good chance. And what does David say? All my days... Language of reservation would be, I'm too busy, if I don't get bored, as long as something better doesn't come along. And what does David say? As long as I live. David was saying, it doesn't matter how, dis how life disappoints me, I'm seeking God. David was saying, it doesn't matter how difficult life is, it, I, it doesn't matter how much life lets me down, I will seek God. I will seek God. Resolve. Resolve. Friends, listen. It's my prayer for us, church, that we wouldn't flirt with God, that we wouldn't relate to God in convenience, that, that God wouldn't be a part of our life, but that the Spirit of God would give us spiritual sight to see what a treasure the Lord is. How wonderfully, how satisfying he is to how central, how vital, how critical God is. And it will do something in us that brings about resolve. That, that says, I'm not just trying God out. He's got me for the rest of my days. You know the, the story of Hernan Cortez? Any history buffs? In the year 1519... He arrived in the New World with 600 men, what's known as Mexico today. The men were absolutely exhausted. They were overwhelmed. It was a strange land. There were a bunch of weird people. And, and he knew that they would be tempted to not want to fight. And you've probably heard this story. What he decided to do was to burn the ships that they had traveled on so that his men would know there's no going back. There's no going back we're here, we've got to fight. And two years later, Cortez and his men conquered the new land. They burned the ships. It's a picture of resolve. No going back. The old hymn says, though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Have you come to a place of resolve like that? Every one of us need that kind of resolve. Where we see clearly what life is all about, we see clearly what's at stake, we quit playing religion, and we get serious about a real relationship with God, not out of duty, but because we're compelled in delight, 
And we say with the psalmist, God's going to satisfy me. I'm going to sing his praise all my days. It doesn't matter if the land is barren. It doesn't matter if people don't understand me, if people come against me. I want God. He's my treasure. No one else will do. Friends, listen, that can be true for you. That can be true for you. That can be your reality. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. And it doesn't matter how many times you've tried. Today could be your day that you say, it's me and God. I love him more than I love anything else. And when I don't, I just want to repent and love him back. Love him again. Love him again. I want to sit at his feet, read his word every day. And on the days that I miss, oh, my longing is going to increase. I just want to draw near to God. Nobody else will do and nothing else will do. I love the song, You Too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. (laughs) You can find it today. You can find it today. God loves you so much that he sent his son to make a way to be in a relationship with you. Oh, that's good news, church. That's good news. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, we pray, give us resolve. Give us resolve. Father, make us a people that are passionate about your presence. God, give us both desire and discipline. Father, I just dream about what you can do in and through us and in our midst in the days to come. But this is where it begins, at your feet, Lord Jesus. Listening to your words, Lord Jesus. Father, would you move mightily in our hearts? Give us a hunger that cannot be satisfied with anyone or anything other than you. Ah, do it for your glory, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand to our feet. Let's sing it. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.